How's it going, you guys? How you doing today? Thumbs up, thumbs sideways, thumb down. Oh, Cadiz, nice. Two thumbs up. All right. So, friends, I know we prayed a couple times already today, but I'm going to go ahead and just pray for us once more because I feel like I need some prayer. So I'm going to pray really quick, and then we'll get started. So would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we get to gather together. Um, we get to freely assemble, and we, and we can worship your name, God, without fear. Um, thank you so much for the truths that we were singing today, God, and that you have been singing over us since before we were born, God, that you, um, you, will, you will not let anything separate us from you, God. You are chasing us down, uh, and you love us, and you want to speak something over us today. So would you meet us here in this place? We love you, and in your name we pray. So have you guys ever been lost, and oh, Joel and Grace are going to pass these things out really quick. Um, have you ever been lost and confused? Yes. yes. Okay. So there was a time, I, my parents are here with us today. If you guys want to say hi to them, they're over there in the corner. Um, those, those are my parents. So, <laughs> stop it. So I was talking, <laughs> we love you too, Timothy. So, <laughs> so I was, I was talking to my dad about this, uh, trying to figure out exactly how old I was, and he told me yesterday that I was eight or nine when this happened, so give young Will a little bit of grace, okay? That's just the context for what's about to happen here. So, Will and Grace. Okay, so, my family was camping. I think we were at a beach campground somewhere. I don't exactly remember where, but I woke up in the middle of the night. We were at this campground. And I really had to go to the bathroom, like real bad. And so eight to, eight to nine-year-old Will was like, okay, I can find the bathroom. I remember thinking it wasn't far from, from our campsite. Like, I got this, right? So I get out of the tent. I felt bad. I didn't want to wake my parents up. Like, normal people sleep in the middle of the night, so I didn't want to disturb them. So I got out of the tent, and I was walking to the bathroom, found it, and then I was walking back. So we were, we were tracking. We were doing good. And then I got back into the tent. And as I'm laying down, like feeling around in the dark, right, I get into the sleeping bag and I'm like, wait a minute, like, I thought the sleeping bags were facing the other way before, like, I, uh, whatever, okay, maybe I'm just tired, okay, maybe I wasn't paying attention before, maybe my sleeping bag got turned around, I don't know. So I lay down and I'm just like trying to go back to sleep and then all of a sudden I hear movement next to me <laughs> and I, I'm like assuming it's my parents, so I call out, I'm like, dad? And <laughs> And then this like just deep gruff voice like from out of the darkness just goes, "Dude, I'm not your dad." <laughs> um, and it it might have sounded scary at that point, but really it was okay because he was a super nice man and he helped me find my parents and I'm still here today. So, thank goodness for that. <laughs> thank goodness for my parents. Um, so. I feel like when we, when, when we think about the Bible and we think about reading the Bible, Joel was talking about in his message last week how when we've made it all about ourselves and we've, we've cherry-picked these individual verses, we've come away feeling kind of empty, right? And when we think about how are we supposed to approach the Bible, how are we supposed to read it, a lot of us can feel a little bit lost and confused, like eight, eight-year-old Will. So we've talked a lot about how not to read the Bible, Right? We've, we've talked about these ways that we've approached Scripture in the past that have led us feeling, left us feeling empty 
these different attitudes that we've had that we've made it all about ourselves, and so we just don't really know where to start sometimes. But how should we go about reading it? There's lots of different ways, and as I've been in class at seminary, uh, one of the classes I took was called Biblical Interpretation, super awesome, and I wish I could tell you guys all the things today. But the one that we're going to focus in on today is genre. So Joel touched on that a little bit in his me message last week and a little bit this morning. So genre, this is going to be the first thing on your sheet right here. Genre is defined as a category of artistic composition, as in music or literature, characterized by similarities in form, style, or subject matter. So as we talked about music and songs today, we can think about the Bible like that. It's like a collection of albums. There are numerous different types of music, and they each have a unique sound, and there's different instruments. The lyrics can have kind of different styles as well and have different meanings. But each book of the Bible can be thought about just like that. And if we think about it as a library of music, it makes sense that within the Bible, we see these different genres at, at play, right? We see history books, we see narrative, poetry, prophecy, we see these letters. And those are some of the major genres of the Bible. There are other ones, and a lot of the books of the Bible contain kind of more than one genre. But some of the major ones, again, are history books, narratives, poetry, prophecy, letters. Those are some of the major ones. So why is it helpful to see the Bible this way? First off, seeing the Bible's genres helps us understand the author's purpose. So the book of Psalms is one of my favorite books in the Bible. And if you come to it expecting kind of like a, an A to B, like a storyline or a narrative, like this person went here and did this thing, it's not like that. And I think it's kind of, at least for me at first, it was like, what's happening here? Like, what, why, what's this poetry? What's the meaning behind all this? What, what would they have used it for? Right, and we can see how the Psalms are to the people of God like what our own worship songs were to us today. They're actually a collection of songs and lyrics and things that they would, the, the people of Israel would have used as their own worship songs. And in the Psalms themselves, this category of music and kind of songs, there are these different genres, just like our own worship music. I was thinking about some of the different songs that we sang this morning, but also just like our own songs, the Psalms have ones that bring joy, that are celebrations of who God is. There's songs about being afraid and not knowing if God is going to come through. And so just like we have songs like Manifesto, right, that we just get hyped about and we're stoked and we're putting all our trust in God and we're shouting it out and we're in a good mood when we sing that song. Or one of my own personal favorite songs of all time, particularly the version by King's Kaleidoscope, it's called Come Thou Fount. And that's a song that for me, in moments when I'm stressed, when I'm scared, when I'm worried, that's the song that brings me comfort. That's the song that kind of calms me down and reminds me that even if I'm not feeling it in that moment, that God is with me, that God is the fountain of every blessing. So when you know what each book of the Bible would have been used for or what the author was intending for it to be used for, it kind of deepens your reading of these specific books of the Bible, and you can get so much more out of them when you know that. So secondly, seeing the Bible's genres helps us understand the audience's context. One of the genres that I mentioned is letters. There's a fancy word for that. It's called epistles. But it just means things that people wrote to other people. And a lot of times we'll read something like Romans or Ephesians, Philippians, a lot of these letters that a guy named Paul wrote. And we'll just apply them directly to our own lives. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Because there's a lot of practical wisdom in those books. There's a lot of important 
things for us to think about and believe and practice in our own lives. But a lot of times when we just go straight for that, we can miss out on a lot of meaning because Paul wrote these letters to specific churches that were dealing with specific scenarios. A lot of times Paul's like responding to questions that people have asked him. There's a group of people that are just going rogue and being crazy and committing a bunch of sins. And Paul's like, no, we need to talk about that. That's kind of ruining this church's witness. And so if you kind of look at it in the context with what the author was kind of addressing specifically, you can understand the whole situation that's going on in that church. And, and really that just enriches your own understanding. When you know what's happening in that church, kind of in that time, it really can kind of increase your own like understanding as you apply it to your own life too. Because it's like, okay, well, there's this one weird verse about persecution, like what's going on there? Or there's, we're, they're just talking about these specific things. But when you know that, you can kind of understand what was at stake for the Christians that were in those church communities. And then all the more, it kind of deepens your understanding as you apply it in your own life. So you could be listening to an album, for example. And when Taylor Swift's Red album came out, this was like kind of a while back, but um, she used to be a lot different, right, and kind of less mean. Uh, but <laughs> she, she wrote the Red album, and I was listening to it, and I had a good friend who, this is going to relate in a second, who was like obsessed with Harry Styles in One Direction. Is anyone still there? No? Maybe a couple of you? Yeah, Chloe. You know who you are. So uh, Harry Styles, right, the, one of the singers in One Direction, and now he's kind of gone rogue and done a solo album that's, like, actually pretty good. So I didn't know this at the time, but she started telling me all about how all the songs on, on the Red album, not all of them, most of them are actually about Harry Styles. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't know that. And so she was telling me the story kind of of their relationship. And when you understand, like, from a song perspective, right, oh, that song's about him, and it was in this specific situation, it really brings out a lot more layers of meaning. So music can be like that too, and that's how we can think of some of these letters in the Bible and how they were written to a specific audience originally. So the third thing that I wanna get across today is that while there's these different genres, and again, we're kinda just doing a basic overview this morning, I wish that we could get into so much more, and if you have more questions, come talk to Joel or I. But the, the, there are different genres in the Bible, but they have a united message. And this is really important because while genre kind of divides the books of the Bible into these different literary styles and these different sections, I don't think that that means that they're meant to be read in isolation from one another. God inspired all of the writers of scripture to tell the continuous and interrelated story of God. And it's just how, like in music, you can write a love song. And that's kind of a category across these different genres of music. So, Adam's going to play a couple of songs for us today. The first one's going to be a country love song by one of me and Cody's favorite bands. Uh, so go ahead and give this a listen and see what a country love song might sound like. Oh, there's a lot going on there. All right, so the next one, I just, I Googled, because I'm not super familiar with rap, just got to be honest. Uh, I Googled, lo like, rap love songs, and this is, <laughs> this is what came up, and I don't think, this is probably a very popular rap song, but I thought it was funny, so we put it in here. This is a rap love song. 
So, <laughs> I was like, that, that's probably not real. That's probably like a SoundCloud rapper or something. No offense to, to any SoundCloud rappers in the room today. Um, Garrett on SoundCloud, if you want to listen to his rap. <laughs> uh, and lastly, we already talked about her a little bit today, friends, but go ahead and give a listen to a Taylor Swift love song. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, friends, what's the point of that? Why am I playing a cheesy rap love song? Because they have a united message, right? All of these different genres of music, in this example, right? All these different genres of music are testifying to something that's ultimately greater than the song or the album or the artist themselves, which is love, right? And scripture does the same thing. So scripture is ultimately testifying to the truth, the reality of Jesus Christ, and there's a unified message there. So a couple last things that I want to make sure that I say to you guys today, um, that first of all, genre is a valuable tool. It's a great way to kind of understand what was happening in a specific situation, what's going on with this specific genre of the Bible, but it's not the only way. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of different ways that we can get this meaning out of scripture, and if you read it with something other than genre, it's not like you're doing it wrong, because it's one of many ways to kind of understand meaning that's in scripture. And secondly, I took a whole class on this, and I'm studying this stuff at school, but I want you guys to know that I don't think you need a seminary education or a master's degree or some kind of like higher knowledge to get this meaning out of the Bible. We started this series by saying that the Bible is for you and it's for now. And above all else, if you don't get anything out of these messages, it's that we want you to actually, literally, physically open your Bible and just start taking a crack at it, okay? And some of these strategies, some of the things that we're trying to give you guys in these messages, like analyzing genre, that's supposed to kind of help you guys as you start out, give you a, a point of reference if you don't really know where to start. But really, what's behind all this is that we want you guys to start. Because if you internalize these truths, even if they're written to, some of them are written to other people in, at other times, if you internalize them in your own life, if you begin to sing the songs of, of the people of Israel in your own life, and that's where we get a lot of our worship songs today still, is from the Psalms. But these things will begin to change who you are and how you live. And that's what's, what's really behind why we want you guys to, to open your Bibles. It's not like we're trying to give you homework or we're trying to make church not fun, but like, that's really why we're here, because we want you guys to get into scripture so you can see that really it's a love letter that's written to you and for you, but just to give you guys a couple of specific ways to kind of help navigate that. So I'm going to pray for us, and then Joel might have something else, so I'm going to pray. God, thanks so much for today. Thank you that there are these different unique ways that you've your, your word can speak to us, God. You can speak to us through the songs of, of the people of Israel and the Psalms. You can speak to us through Paul's letters and through history and narrative, God, and just all these different ways. But ultimately, God, would each and every person in this room know that you just want to meet them in your word. You want to speak to them. And yeah, God, that you just love them so much. And yeah, God, that's why we're here. We want to just know more about you. And it's your name we pray. Amen.